today we're going to be talking about leveraging the power of vulnerability, transparency, and personal responsibility. As you're about to learn, all three of these vital qualities are not only easily accessible when you're willing to embrace what they can do, but they're also wonderful for creating rapid and lasting change in your life. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, Others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back. How do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan here. So excited to be here with you today and really pumped for the guest that we're about to have on. Before we get there, though, just want to give a quick thank you to everyone who has been writing in and leaving such wonderful feedback for my new book, The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Uh, just like my release in 2018, it doesn't matter what you're selling. This one is really getting great reviews. And as many of you already know, when I released It Doesn't Matter What You're Selling, the whole point of it was was that I wanted something that people could turn to when they were overwhelmed and over inundated with all the marketing and sales information out there. And they were just looking for a resource that they can sit down, read and have an actionable game plan right then and there to actually finally begin implementing a marketing and sales plan for their business on the spot. And with that same idea in mind, when it comes to the law of attraction, my more recent release, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read was intended for all those people who follow the law of attraction and who read countless books and do countless programs and are just over-consuming more and more information without actually using what they're learning. This book is the answer to that. It's basically giving you everything that you need to finally take what you know about the law of attraction and put it into practice. I've intentionally included nearly 60 pages of awesome techniques for you to try out that are very clear, a lot of fun and very easy to do on a regular basis, even if it's only just a few minutes for a day. In fact, that's really the point of the book. It's supposed to give you something that's an easy daily routine that does not interfere with your busy schedule. In any case, just like I did with the last episode, I'm making this book the sponsor of the day. So when you go over to this interview's page on the main site at shatterthemodepodcast.com, you will find a little more information along with a link to check it out on Amazon. And of course, you can always feel free to go straight to amazon.com and just search for The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read if you want to check it out and read the reviews and see what it's really all about. If you're going to read the preview on the site, I recommend previewing it on the Kindle page because it gives a little bit more content than what they are showing on the paperback. But obviously it makes no difference which one you order according to your preference because you're going to get the same content. With that brief thank you and that brief update out of the way, we're going to dive straight into today's guest. Like I said, I'm really excited about this one. We're going to go into some really deep topics and without any further delay, I'm switching mics and we are jumping into it. Okay, I am really excited for our next guest today. Britt Russell is the founder of a premier level coaching business focused on empowering women to step into their worth and claim their own truth. She formally began this mission last year after realizing that she had already been counseling others for many years on countless situations, and it suddenly became clear to her that this was her calling. Britt offers a unique perspective and has been living a life of sobriety for almost four years now, sharing her story with others who are both in and out of recovery in order to bring awareness and strength to those still struggling with their own addictions. 
Her superpower is in leveraging the true power of vulnerability and transparency to help her clients truly feel understood, connected, and accepted. And I'm sure she's got a lot of insight that she's going to share with us today. So without further ado, Shatter the Mold warmly welcomes Britt Russell. Britt, thanks so much for being here. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. In fact, I don't even know where to begin. There, There's so much there. And um, I kind of just read something based on some research that I got on you, but there was so much more to put. And it's really clear to me that you've got a very intentional game plan on what you're looking to do and how you're looking to help people. And I was curious, like, what specifically did something click? Did something happen? Like, there was a moment where you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Did you help someone specifically? Or did you just wake up one day? Like, what prompted you to finally make this move where you're actually making this your life's work? Honestly, thank you for asking that. Um, so like, I, like you had mentioned earlier, there was, uh, there was just those, that realization that there were so many people that would come to me over the years regarding, regarding just some situations that they would be going through. And they were always deep, you know? And I knew, and I love that you said that my superpower is transparency and vulnerability because I really highly value that. But in general, I also value the trust that people have in me. And so, you know, last year I went through an incredible emotional intelligence leadership workshop here in San Diego, which is where I'm from. And um, I was, I went through it as a student and then I ended up coaching in it, which was an honor. And my captain of the team basically brought it to my attention and was like, how long are you going to continue to, to really support people and not, and not really get your value from it? Um, time is our most valuable asset, I, I, I believe, you know, in a lot of ways. And I was spending a lot of time doing it. So I made some phone calls and I put in some interest cards into some companies out here and a business coach. And uh, I went ahead and jumped and committed, uh, committed to starting a business. And so I've worked with a few people now and I'm currently building a program um, around what, what I believe people want based on the conversations I have with them and the market research calls that I do. And it's going to launch within the next month. So I'm jazzed about that. Nice, nice. I, I heard so much in that answer, by the way, because I think a lot of people assume that someone like you who's doing this for a living now, that they stop the learning process. And it sounds to me like, no, you're embracing it. You're still out there. You're taking whatever you can to get the tools that you need to help people on higher levels. And I kind of like ascribe to the theory of learn it, do it, teach it which it sounds like you're doing this right here, which is wonderful. Um, and other research that I did on you, obviously, you know, you've, uh, like, we've all, we've all had our ups and downs in life, and you kind of, like, noted in, in part of your write-up uh, that, you know, you kind of went down a dark path at one point where you sought out the validation from things that, you know, external outside of you due to a lack of self-worth. And I was wondering, obviously, you know, that's kind of, like, in the past tense. I imagine you moved past it. I was curious, like, you know, what you did to kind of see your way through that and to start recognizing your worth so that you might be able to inspire others that are listening right now? Mm, that's a really heavy question. I love that. I'm so glad you just went there. Um, <clears throat> well, the experience that uh, the road that I went, went down was, was a long one for sure. And although it was really painful and, um, and unnecessary, I think in some ways it was also very necessary because it, really allowed me to see my value and to see my um, what I have to, to offer the world. And in a way, I really think that the universe was teeing me up to become a mentor for people that were going through the same thing, which was, you know, addiction. So it was in 2016 and um, 
you know, without going into so much detail, basically I hit that, I hit that bottom and I'd hit bottoms before, but I found a trap door and I kept going, you know, and it just, uh, it wasn't my time, I guess. So around that, around, it was August, 2016, I finally made the decision to choose to live instead of continue to survive. And the way that I started to build worth was really by connecting with people. I became such a lone wolf in that experience. And um, I really didn't allow anybody in. I had everyone's at at an arm's length, if you will. And um, really for me, like a formula for just gaining my self-worth was being of service to others and sharing with people my mess and turning it into my message. Um, even if it, even if I hadn't been clean and sober for, for a whole a whole long time, 24, 24 hours is really all you need to really be able to be of service to someone, you know, in, in that realm of recovery. But um, it's not even sooner. But in general, focusing out, being of service and, you know, letting others into your life, you know, and that that really started to build, uh, um, you know, a I started to build a community of people that really cared about me. And I really started to understand myself a lot more because I truly believe that the people that you're around, especially the first five people that you're around really hold a mirror to you as far as who you are and how you're showing up in the world. So I was constantly having people that were holding me really high, (laughs) even when I wouldn't hold myself high and they wouldn't let me bow out. You know, it was just like, Hey, you know, this is who you are. You're showing up. You're going to, you're going to show up for life now. You know, you've chosen to show up. And so you know, held me to my word. And, um, and yeah, I just, everything just really evolved from there. I started to really see who I was and really appreciate who I am. And um, I, I learned so much about me that I had no idea was there, you know, I was covering it and numbing out for so many years. And so, um, you know, I, I, I wish I could go a little deeper on, on that because it's, it was such the way that I view that experience of, of, you know, really self-sabotage, I'll call it. It, um, it brought so so much, so many gifts to me. And, um, you know, one of them I really believe is just that ability to stand in a fire with people and really not really, but like bat an eyelash when, when people are talking to me about some things they've done in their life, you know, I, I really feel that intense human connection now. And that type of experience really provided me a sense of compassion for humanity that I don't think I could have ever gotten any other way. So, Mm. yeah. Got it. Interesting. And so funny, I, I hear what you mentioned. It sounded like, you know, kind of like the ground floor of this was, you know, basically being in service to others. And I think that's such a valuable thing because, you know, when it comes to self-worth based on my research and my own personal life experience, we do tend to default to not valuing ourselves as much as we should, but we're always much more willing to uh, honor commitments to others. And it sounds to me like whether it was intentional or unintentional, you kind of found the secret hack by leveraging yourself in that direction of service, um, serving others, you already put yourself on the right path automatically and you got yourself momentum, which I think is awesome. And I think that kind of speaks to another piece that, you know, I know that you're very big on uh, creating consciousness, but also you're huge on responsibility. And I want to ask, you know, how that comes into play when you're guiding people, when you're counseling them, like what does responsibility mean and how can they use that as they're kind of getting themselves out of whatever hole that they might be in? Hmm, that's a powerful question. Yeah, responsibility is huge in every in every aspect of the word. Um, to me, when I think of the word responsibility, I, I I think of just acknowledging your part in everything, no matter how big or small that you think it is. Because 
if you're involved, you know, you have a part, period. And it's so easy to deflect and it's so easy to project any feelings or, uh, of whatever comes up for you instead of looking at yourself. Avoiding, avoiding ourself is something I, f- I feel like our culture, you know, is really used to. Um, and it doesn't serve any of us, you know. So responsibility is owning, owning your emotions, owning your actions, owning your words. And, you know, I really think as Maria Forleo, Marie Forleo, yeah, she says everything is figure outable. So hmm. a lot of times when we're really uncomfortable with owning our shit, if you will, mm-hmm. um, just remember like everything's figure outable. And it, it's like, for me, it's like, how do I want to show up in the world? I want to show up as a leader. I want to go first. I really do. And I, and I want to be that example because that's what I want in the world. I want, I want people to really be able to live a life of fulfillment. And for me, that, that is showing up in a way that matters because I matter. And, and it starts with, with taking responsibility for everything in my life and just being that pillar for other people to see what an example is of, of, of how that looks. And mm. so hopefully they didn't get too off topic there, but I even want to touch on spiritual responsibility because when I, when I think back of the question that you asked me regarding recovery, um, you know, I really think I was avoiding for a lot of years when I was numbing out, aside from the fact that I just didn't understand my emotions and I didn't know how to address them. And I had all these stories in my head on, on, you know, who I thought I was and, you know, fill in the blank. I really think I was avoiding my spiritual responsibility here, which is to be of service to people and use my, use my gifts that I had when I was born. Really, I just didn't know what they were, you know, and I was, I was avoiding them. So I step into responsibility for, you know, how I show up and responsibility for what I feel I'm even here for in general. Mm-hmm. I hope that answers your question. Yeah. And, you know, I love the acknowledgement because I think most people don't do it enough and they really should of the, the recognition that you had these gifts for a really long time, long before you realized them. And I imagine that that's part of what you do when you're working with people. You're helping people. It's not about trying to convince yourself that you're awesome. It's about realizing that you always already were. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think that kind of goes back to even like we were talking about responsibility. I remember uh, this gentleman, Vic Johnson, who I met probably like 13 or 14 years ago now, and he spoke a lot about responsibility. And his emphasis was, listen, this isn't about it being your fault. It doesn't have to be your fault to be your responsibility. And I think a lot of times people use it as a backdoor. They use blame, they use self-blame as a reason not to take responsibility, not realizing that those are two different things. It's like, listen, if somebody, you know, somebody hit you on the head with a baseball bat and you didn't do anything to piss them off. It's not your fault, but you're still the one who's responsible now for dealing with the aftermath of that because it happened to you. And I, I love that you put such an emphasis on that because there's so much value and so much power to accepting that because only at that point can you make an improvement anyway, regardless of whether it's all sunshine and rainbows or whether life's a little bit rough at that point. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I love that. That's, Awesome. I was just, uh, do you know Jocko, Jocko Willis? Yes. Yeah. He's awesome. Love him. And he's all about leadership and responsibility. And I actually saw that he has a shirt out that says, everything is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It is. Everything's my fault. You know, it's like, and I love that you mentioned it's, it's, it's not about, you know, it being, well, what did you say? Shame and guilt or. Yeah. It's said, like, uh, it doesn't matter about blaming yourself. It doesn't yeah. matter whether it's your fault or not. If it ha- it's still your responsibility to deal with because no one else is going to handle it. Period. Yeah. And, you know, I started realizing that like fairly, fairly young too, like even before getting sober, it was kind of just like 
regardless of how big or small it is, like if I'm involved, like I, I, I get to clean something up. You know what I mean? So yeah, that I love, I love that you asked that question. Thank you. Yeah, for real. Uh, so another question for you, and this is part that I, I left out of my research on your bio, but I understand that, you know, you're obviously very passionate about mankind and about leaving a legacy of compassion and forgiveness of others and self. And I'm wondering, mm -hmm. you know, what, what inspired that view? Because that's a very ambitious goal. It's very, it's obviously it's very, it's, it's super valid, but it's also very ambitious. You know, what fuels that kind of ambition and how do you embody that every day? Mm. So I'm really just feeling into this right now because it, it is, it is ambitious, but it's something I'm really called to do. And, um, you know, forgiveness to me is, is the ultimate, ultimate freedom emotionally. And I've, I've experienced that with, you know, my family forgiving, forgiving, you know, some, some things that have happened growing up. Um, um, and, you know, people that I've come across experiences and most importantly, like forgiveness for myself. Cause it's like going back to that responsibility part, like, like, regardless of, of, of who's involved, like you are responsible at some point, but there is that human factor of shame and guilt and blame, like you said. And so really it's important to have forgiveness for ourselves. And so, you know, that's, that's what I'm big on is, is yes, addressing that you have, you have a part, but like most importantly, you know, don't address the part to the point to where like you don't even address the fact that, that you matter too, you know? Mm. And when I, when, when we really truly are able to forgive ourselves and understand that we're human beings, not human doings. And someone told me that once. And I was like, damn, that really landed, you know, because for so long I was, I was doing everything as a checkbox and mm -hmm. I feel so robotic, you know, and there wasn't, there wasn't a time in my day where I would stop and be like, Brit, you're rad. Like, like you're great. Like you're doing the best you can, you know, every single day. And some days your best is better than others. And some days you're, it's not, but, um, you know, I forgive you and I love you and like that there it is there. So, you know, I, I lead, I lead by example with that, by the way that I show up at work, by the way that I show up in my business, the way that I show up with my friends. And, you know, um, I have this mentality that, you know, someone's got to go first. Someone has always got to go first. And who's it going to be? Well, I choose me. I choose me. Even when I don't want to, I freaking choose me, you know, <laughs> because someone's got to do it. And if I'm really committed to that, to that vision for the world, it's not like I'm committed, but if this happens or I'm committed until this happens or I'm committed until, until I feel this way, it's like, I'm committed like no shit because I'm committed to this vision for the world because I see that this is a massive uh, epidemic that we are, that's, hap that's happening. You know, we're not forgiving ourselves. We're not forgiving others. We're not you know, we're using a lot of the, uh, you know, excuses and backdoors, as you said, to, you know, escape um, what's really happening. And, and human connection is so important. Relationships are so important. You know, I work at a hospital right now and I'm using my way out as I'm going full time into my business. But, you know, I work in an emergency department. I've been in the ERs for about four years. And the one thing that I see, and I was speaking to a colleague about this the other night, is that the, I see a lot of people passing, you know, and when when they're on their way out of this world, the only things I see that they have left 
is the relationships that they have built and the memories that they've made. That's it. Mm. You know, and I, I hate to tell you, Andrew, but I'd say about 75% of people don't have people with them. Um, right. So, you know, it's connection is so important and forgiveness of self and others, because I, you know, I see that you're about to say something, but truthfully, like I'm on this rant because it's like, I wonder if anybody had been by them, if they had chosen to forgive them, you know, does that make sense? And I feel yeah. like when we, when we forgive others, we also are forgiving ourselves because I really believe that they're, everyone's a mirror of us, you know, and people are just showing us how we're showing up in the world. So it's like that person that you really feel is just drives you crazy. It's most likely a part of you that drives you nuts that you're not willing to look at, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's interesting. And I'm, I'm ans- I've got my own method of my madness. When I interview people, I'm asking a lot of probing questions to get a feel for you and, and what your motivations and where you're taking things. Uh, what I think that I've just discovered about you is that part of what you do for your clients is in your recognition that when people are close to the end, they, they don't have enough memories and they don't have enough people around them. It sounds to me like you facilitate a new burst in growth and a, and a new way of, of living life that invites those memories and invites uh, those relationships. And, you know, you'll correct me if I'm wrong on that one, but I'm going to assume that I'm right because I, I always do. <laughs> and um, I, I wanted to ask you because, you know, that is, again, another ambitious thing, which I think is wonderful. I was curious, in your, your work with clients, is there a, a one-size-fits-all process where you kind of run people through something specifically, like you know what step one is and step two and step three, or is it something where each person is so unique that you always have to attack whatever the issue is from different angles? Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. And, you know, I'm still currently building, building my, um, my, this new program. Um, I've, I've decided to do a new program and it's been really fun because I've been doing these, re- these research calls and learning what people want, what women want, if you will. But to answer your question, I meet people where they're at. I mean, that's just how it is, you know? And, um, you know, the, the one thing that I do require is people to stay open. I want my clients to stay open and know that there's things that they get to work on and that we, we are constantly growing and constantly, you know, being fluid in life. So that's my requirement. Other than that, I meet them where they're at and we just go from there. You know, if things are stretchy, um, as far as things being uncomfortable for them to step into. Awesome. That's our next cut. That's their next breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Sounds like we've got, you know, we've got a game plan in place, but we've got flexibility to, to work around when things happen. Totally. Beautiful. Um, so, you know, you've been, you know, and like, we've got this situation of sobriety since August, 2016, and I'm probably breaking a rule by rounding up saying almost four years. I'm sure you're like, no, no, it's like three and a half, dude. Like, right. um, August 16th, 2016, but nobody's counting. Yeah. No, no one's, no one's got the exact day and time. 743 and 28 seconds or anything. Um, I'm curious with, with that understanding in mind, I imagine other people, not everyone, but certain people hear that because they've got their own struggle with that. And I'm wondering if there's one piece of advice, you know, as, you know, as simple and basic and straightforward as it can be to anyone listening out there right now that might need a little advice, like, how do I get to that point, Britt? What might you say to them without having met them yet? Leave no stone unturned as far as completely being transparent with people in your life on what's going on, because if you think people don't know, everybody knows. You're the last person to know because you're the last person to admit that anything's going on. And you're so, you're so fucking perfect. Like everyone's so perfect. And, you know, 
I, I mentioned this earlier that I really believe that the universe teed me up with those experiences to become a mentor in this. So if you're going through this right now, like know that on the other side of, of, of your addiction is you being an incredible mentor to really serving people the way that you want to be, you want to serve. You know, I, the one thing that I see common with everyone that I speak with, everyone wants to help people. You know, when you ask people, Oh, what do you want to do in life? I want to help people. And people say that sounds so cliche, but it's true. It's part of the human condition. We want to leave a mark on someone. We want to know that we made someone's day better. And so the same thing, like when I'm in the rooms of recovery and I, and I talk to people that are just getting sober, I mean, truthfully, like they all just want to be loved, accepted, seen, heard, and make a difference. That's it. So step up, step into your truth and own it. And it's not as bad as it seems. Lovely. Love it. Okay, cool. Well, on that note, I think the, the only question I have left here is if anyone wants to get in touch with you or find out more about you, where is the best place for them to go? Yeah, well, um, on Instagram, it is uh, at Brit, B-R-I-T-M, Russell, and you could find me there. You can, I'm currently building my website right now. I have a virtual assistant doing all that work because I freaking hate doing all that work. I'm like, I'm your go-to network girl. So um, <clears throat> she's doing all the back-end stuff. Or you can find me um, on Facebook at Brit M or Brit Russell. Um, yeah, that's how you can connect with me for now. Perfect. Well, what I'm going to do is on the, the main page for this interview, I'll put the links that exist right now. And for those that listen to this after the fact, uh, whatever the website ends up being, I'll add that to the page as well. So uh, one way or another, we'll, we'll always have the most up-to-date information. Britt Russell, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your insight and for letting people know like, wow, that last thought of you, like you're the last one to find out. I think there's a lot of people, whether it has to do with sobriety or not, that they need to hear that. So thank you specifically for sharing that message along with everything else. You're I really appreciate welcome. having you on today. Yeah, Of course. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks so much again to Britt Russell for being on Shatter the Mold and really providing your insights. That was super awesome and so happy to have you. Uh, for those listening for here for the first time, really hope you enjoy today's content and I hope that you'll check out other episodes. By all means, if you haven't done so already, pull out that phone, hit that subscribe button. While you're at it, leave a quick, honest, written review. Let me know what you think about today's content and let me know what you think about any of the other episodes that I've got right now. I would love to hear about any feedback or any insights that you may have gotten from what you're hearing so far. And of course, you definitely want to stay tuned because I've got a lot more awesome guests on the way in the weeks and months to come. So with that said, that's another episode in the can. I am out. You have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.